0: I love seeing God align things that we aren't smart enough to align and anticipate things that we're not smart enough to anticipate. And several months ago, we were planning out this series, and uh, we knew that we were going to have a chance this past week for James Bach to be in our service at Brentwood. He had to get back to Sudan, wasn't able to be here for this service. But at first we thought, well, we'll just interview him in front of the Brentwood congregation real briefly during the um, announcement time and pray for him and his ministry. But the more we prayed about it and the way we saw this text align, it's no coincidence that the text that we just studied last week as a part of this Colossians section on this hymn is in the reconciliation. That's the core of James Bach's work in South Sudan. In fact, it, it gets even better than that. Uh, James uses these two verses, Colossians 1, 19 and 20, at the very center of his ministry and what he's doing. So I want you to see this interview, this video clip. It's about an eight-minute clip that we'll watch together because we're meant not only to believe the Scripture, but to live out what it teaches us. We're, we're meant to not just know theology, but live out our theology. And James is doing this in a profound way. Let me give you some context for those that don't know James. James was one of the lost boys of Sudan. You may have heard this story when James was 13 years old uh, because of some war in his home uh, country. He was forced to flee. He was separated from his parents. And he, along with thousands of other Sudanese children, walked through hundreds, even thousands of miles to exit Sudan and to make their way to refugee camps. Uh, About half of those died on the way, and they were exposed to the elements. They had very little food. They had very little water. They were uh, subject to animal attacks along the way, and then these uh, warring factions and and tribes uh, also came in and slaughtered some of them. By God's grace, James made it to one of these refugee camps you can imagine his state of mind and his physical health when he arrived. I want to read to you something that James said about his time in the refugee camp. God used it in a very powerful way. And this is on our website. When James tells his story on our website under our global partners, I want to read this to you. James wrote Initially, my main mission in the refugee camp was to acquire a gun and go back to Sudan and fight to defend my village and country from Arab militants. However, one evening as I was praying, I saw a vision of a man wearing white clothes who came to me and gave me a Bible and said, fight with this. As I pondered this, the issue of acquiring a gun vanished in my heart and then I realized that God was calling me to be his messenger. And 10 years later, James returned to his homeland not as a soldier but as a pastor. And for the past 20 years, James has been pastoring in South Sudan, and the core of his message is trying to take a broken, traumatized people that are still fighting, and and tribes fighting against each other today, and bring them together in Jesus Christ. It's the message of reconciliation. Uh, there are, you'll hear James share this, but there are two dominant tribes uh, in uh, Sudan that have been fighting against each other for decades, the Dinka and the Air, and there's a lot of other tribes as well, but because of this ongoing conflict, sociologists say there's essentially no one in South Sudan today that's not been traumatized by war, either seeing their homes built, uh, burnt down, their their cattle uh, stolen, which is their main uh, source of, of income and livelihood, Or their wives or their children abused in front of them, or their their young sons taken off and and inscripted in an army somewhere to fight. In their culture, it's considered weak if you don't take revenge against those that harm you. And into that culture, God has called James to bring the message of reconciliation. The organization that James founded and leads to this day is called Solidarity Ministries Africa for reconciliation and development. So let's take a look at this video and and hear James describe how this works out in his home culture. Tell us a little bit more about the work that you do with your organization. Uh,
1: Thank you very much. Um, Yeah, in South Sudan, we have 64 tribes. Uh, The Denka and the Nuer are the two biggest uh, tribe, but there are 64, and these 64 tribes They hate one another. They fight over various issues in South Sudan. And killing is uh, much of the the problem. So uh, in that context of hatred, of people not seeing eye to eye, uh, burning villages, and killing one another, uh, we come in with the message of the gospel. And there are three things uh, uh, that we always tell them. Uh, We always bring them. Uh, together uh, under a tree and people sit down and first we uh, preach the gospel to them. First we say uh, God in Christ as reconcile has reconciled us to himself and to one another. And so we are one, we are equal. Even though we are coming from different tribes, Christ has united us as one people. And so we don't need to kill ourselves because we are one at the cross the ground is level. Uh, Whether we come from bitter stripes, we are one in Christ. Uh, Second thing that we tell them is that in Christ Jesus, we are forgiven. God has forgiven us and therefore it is a must for us to forgive one another. And there is no future without forgiveness. There is no society, there is no tribe There is no child, there is no family that can exist without forgiveness. And third, uh, this message of reconciliation is given to the church. The church is the only institution that can transcend tribes, that can transcend all the divides of human uh, institution. And so, uh, because the church had that message of uh, reconciliation, the child needs to be listened to. The child needs to live it and embody it. And those messages, God has used them to be able to, uh, to bring reconciliation in the context of South Sudan. And people unite and are, are able to go back uh, home. Normally when, when they come, uh, first day, um, they are suspicious, looking sad. And at the end of the day, you can see them they can be able to uh, hold hands and be able to move mm. together. Mm. And, and we have seen God uh, using that message and bringing reconciliation in our communities in South Sudan.
0: Amen. I think we have a couple photos we can put on the screen of one of these meetings. Let's put the first one on the screen if we can. And James, tell us uh, what's going on here in this photo. Uh,
1: that is one example of uh, tribes. These are people from different tribes, Uh, Militant, those who are fighting, chief, elders. And so when when there is a conflict because of any issue, we bring them together and we walk them. We tell them the message uh, that I've just told you. And uh, we help them to agree and be able to move together. And so this is one of the meetings that people discuss, some people with arms and all that, and they are able to reconcile. And so this is the contact, that is all what we do in most of the communities in South Sudan. And we have one more show, uh, photo, let's put that up
0: there. This, this, this is the same group?
1: Yes. Um, now, this is another group. Uh, now, after, you can, you can see what I've just explained. Uh, in the first day when they are discussing, they are looking suspicious to one another, and then at the end, That is what they do. They smile, they hug one another, they become friends, they are reconciled. And they go back to their community telling them that we are reconciled.
0: And so they're all, I see they're all wearing these white shirts and um, they came from, these are people from different tribes that were angry at each other prior And, and now we see what God has done here. Beautiful.
1: Exactly. Beautiful. Definitely. From
0: different um, tribes. When I, I, I saw that photo of the first service, and honestly, I, I it just looks like heaven. You know, it looks like heaven. And then I thought about, well, it's not heaven yet, but it's a little bitty embodiment of that. And um, James, what you said about the church is the one that's caused to carry the message of reconciliation, that's really hitting me right now because we're the body of Christ. And so if Christ's mission is reconciling all things, how is he doing that? He's doing that mm-hmm. through us. Yes. To the church?
1: Yeah. We, um, for us uh, at the church, uh, okay, other institutions like the government, like other agencies, like uh, they can talk about reconciliation. But God, the only institution on earth that God has given the message of reconciliation, it is the church. And for us as a church, we have to leave it. We don't just speak it. We have to leave it. For example, your wife has done to you something or you have done something to your wife you have a responsibility to forgive. And by that way, you live it. Before And so when, when, when society, when other people and believers see us living and forgiving one another embody the message of reconciliation, that is a gospel to them. They will, it's, it's not by telling them, it's by other people seeing it, the way we live the message of reconciliation that brings people to Christ.
0: Can you tell us a story, an example of someone who has found reconciliation with God and is living it out?
1: Yes, um, one, of our, one, one, one chief in South Sudan in 2013 when the war broke out, uh, war broke out in South Sudan and his two sons were killed by one of the tribe. And so he cried and uncontrollably, and then uh, life went on. So like uh, from 2013, and then in 2016, another war broke out. And this time, uh, the enemy, uh, those people who killed uh, his two sons were the ones that are being hunted down. They were being killed. And so this man opened his gates for these other tribe, for the families of these other tribe to come to his house and he closed the door so that the soldiers could not come to kill, mm. to kill them. So when soldiers come with their guns, they want to kill these families of these other people, he said, you have to kill me first before you kill them. Mm. So he protected them. And then later on, people were asking him, now this was a perfect opportunity for you to revenge, for you to kill this, why, why, why have you done this, this is strange. And he said, the pain I went through, the pain that I experienced when my sons were killed, I don't want any person, I don't want any other human being to experience that. Mm. And that was powerful. Mm. So this is a person uh, who lived the message of the gospel, and he's a Christian. So that is one powerful, that's one person who have shown, even with his pain, he was not able, he decided to, uh, to go in the way of peace instead of revenging.
0: First of all, we are blessed to be able to be partnered with James and other like, others like him. It is a big part of what we do here, these global partners. I hope you felt that and heard that. Number two, this is what we're called to do. I, I don't know, I, I couldn't teach it any better than that. There's no way. At the core of the message of Jesus Christ is reconciliation. Now, there is no reconciliation apart from Christ. So that's why James brings these people together. And the first thing he does, they're arguing about cattle or homes or whatever. And he says, No, let's start with Jesus. Let's start with the gospel. And from that common ground, you see, then they come together in peace. Do you see the implications of this for us, the church? I want you to think about this I want you to start small in your own heart, in your own marriage, in your own family, with your neighbors, and then we need to be going this way with it. We need to be pushing out into our communities. You see, I think James is right. There's no other institution that has the opportunity to be about the work of reconciliation. That God's put this on us, many women. And there's a thousand applications that I want you to take and I want us to take with Jesus always at the core.